Welcome to the Ignite Church Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We pray that this message will bring you hope and ignite your faith. Now lean in and enjoy the message. It's a powerful thing to have goals. How many have goals in life? Raise your hand. You know, I believe that everyone has goals. Whether we succeed or fail at them, that's totally different. But we all have goals. Why? Because we were kind of like wired to achieve certain goals or to fulfill goals in our lives. Relationships are the same thing. We have goals in our relationship. And I always say this, never look uh, in a relationship of what you can get out of the relationship as much as what you can give in the relationship. Love is a giver, not a taker. If you're only looking to have someone in your life to see what you can suck out of them, then you are a vampire and no one wants to be with you. But if you're in a relationship that you want to give because you love, love is a giver, that's totally different. It's funny because when you look on social media and you look up hashtags like relationship goals or couple goals, you find all these pictures. And sadly, many times when we see pictures like the one I'm going to show you now, we think that that's what relationships are all about. For example, this one with the sun in their face, you know, like it looks all pretty. And and, oh my God, that's what I want. I'll take a picture with my boo, with my loved one, with a sun kiss. And even though it's beautiful, that took hours of edits, right? That took a long time to fix and make it all pretty. Is relationship all about this? No. Is it pretty to do those things? Yes. But that's not relationship. So that shouldn't be your goal. Or probably you're matching outfits when you get older like this couple. Look at this picture I found. It says that they've, what, 52 years matching outfits every single day. I don't know how they did it. I really don't know how they did it. And some people are like, oh, my God, I wish I could grow old to match with my spouse. It would be so beautiful, I guess. But that's not what life is all about. Or if you're really crazy, look at this picture. Look at this person. You're like, I mean, I tried doing that with a nine, and she'll fall off the cliff. <laughs> that wouldn't be a goal. That would be, <laughs> that'll be death. We look at them, we're like, oh my gosh, definitely hashtag relationship goals, hashtag couple goals, hashtag successful couples. Relationships are more than just what we put on our social media. Relationships are more than what we wear. Relationships are more than what we do. There's something that needs to be weighted in our lives in order to have a successful relationship. And that question goes back to last week. What is your center? What is your center? Don't set your goals as low as what you see on social media. Set them higher. For you deserve more. Tell yourself that. I deserve more. But think about this. The same way you're saying that, the person that you're in a relationship with or will be in a relationship will probably be saying the same thing. I deserve more. Andy Sandley said, become the person you want to be, or sorry, become the person, become the person, the person you're seeking wants to have, but become it now. Think about that. Sometimes we want something in someone and we don't realize that person has a need as well. 
I'll give you a quick example of how low we set our goals. Many of you have been eyeing this watch when I walked in the door, and you're like, Pastor has a, res- a presidential Rolex? Oh, my God. Now I know where the offerings have been going to. No. This watch here has a funny story. When my dad passed, right, we were looking through his stuff, and we found this watch. And immediately when I saw these diamonds and I saw this Rolex and I saw it, I'm like, I'm rich. I'm rich. I could pay my house. We need money for to buy a house. I'm like, oh, I'll pound this any time. But not everything that shines is gold. Sadly, this is a fake Rolex. So he didn't leave me a Rolex. He left me a Folex. So I'm just going to put it here because it's distracting to many people. Why do I share this? Many times we look at other people's relationships and we want what they have. And we don't realize that a lot of it is like this Rolex. It shines, but it's fake. It's brilliant, but they're fake diamonds. Actually, it's missing too. But it's besides the point. (laughs) Why? We should strive for more in our relationships. We should strive more more in our relationships. I want to share with you four goals. We spoke last week about having a Christ-centered relationship, a Christ-centered marriage, Christ-centered life. Today, we're going to be talking about having a mission-driven life, mission-driven relationships. Next week, we have a guest speaker that's going to be with us, Pastor Spencer Graham is going to be preaching. You don't want to miss that. Invite your friends. It's going to be a powerful, powerful weekend. Great communicator word of, uh, of the Word of God, a great friend of mine. You don't want to miss next weekend. He's going to be talking about devil kicking, having spiritual battle for your relationship. And the last week, say with me, last week, the last week of this year, we're closing it up with a special day that we're going to be preaching about covenant keeping, covenant keeping. So for today, tell your neighbor, get ready, we're going on a mission. Come on, go like this, get ready, we're going on a mission. Many times, many people ask themselves, why should I get married? Have you ever asked that? Right? Why should I get married? It's funny when sometimes people come from marital counsel or, or pre-marital counsel, better yet said, many times pastor would tell them, well, why are you getting married? And the couple would look at each other, Right? And they're trying to figure out, is there the right answer to this question? Because we might fail this exam if we say the wrong answer. So they look at one another, right? And then there's a lot of, um, 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 um. And after a long, um, one of them says, well, to be happy. And if one, somebody tells me that and I'm doing the premarital counseling, I'm like, to be happy? You do realize that marriage does not make you happy. If anything, it might make you unhappy sometimes, right? <laughs> Can I get an amen from the married couples? There is more than just being happy in marriage. There's more than just being content in a relationship. I like how uh, um, Pastor Craig Rochelle says it. He says the foundation of a godly marriage isn't happiness. It's unity. Let me say that one more time. The foundation of a godly marriage isn't happiness. It's unity. Why? Because happiness comes and goes. Today you're happy. And why? Because today you're happy, your relationship is successful. And tomorrow, you might not be so happy. 
with that person that is next to you. So your relationship is going to be unsuccessful. That's why our relationship should not be based on emotions or feelings. It should be based on something else. Today we're going to be talking about the power of unity. Say with me, unity. Say with me, unity. It's quite alarming when you do ask somebody that question, that they're planning on getting married. Why should you marry? Why should you marry? Unity. Go to the book of Genesis chapter 1 verses 27 and 28. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fulfill the earth and subdue it. Listen, when God created man and woman, he gave them a mission. What is this mission? Quickly, it just says here, to multiply, to expand, to conquer, and to create. He didn't say, be happy. He said, this is your mission. The moment he created them, man and woman, he said, this is your mission. See, relationships should have a mission. Sadly, we live in many times that the mission is to attack one another instead of moving together with one another and achieving something greater. So happiness is not what God says to man and woman when he created them. Listen to this. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, it says, that, it, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is what? United to his wife and they become one flesh say with me one flesh what God creates to unify or what God does to unify the devil schemes to divide how many can say amen to that we are living in times where there's so much division division at work division inside the house division in our relationships division in the church division is everywhere why because the devil knows that where there is unity there is power where there is unity where two people are united they will achieve what they set themselves to do so what does the devil do he doesn't like unity he creates division division stay with me church he creates division Going back to the beginning of time in the story of Adam and Eve, what happened? God told Adam and Eve, you shall eat of any fruit of the garden, but there is one fruit you shall not touch. But isn't it funny how we humans always want the thing we should not touch or we're told we should not touch? You can have everything in this room, everything, everything, everything. There's a lot of things, but that one thing right there you should not touch. And what does Adam and Eve want? That one thing. But listen, this is how it happens. Oops. Sorry about that. This is what happens. The serpent comes. In the, form, the devil in the form of the serpent comes and tells Eve. First thing she does is this. First thing he does is the serpent takes Eve from Adam. What is, he, what is, she, what is the serpent doing already? Dividing. Creating what? Separation. And what does the serpent do? He speaks to her and he says, did God really say you should not eat of that fruit? 
What did he do afterwards? Put doubt. Put doubt. Did God really say you should not eat of that fruit? Why did the serpent pull Eve away? I never thought about this until I read this the other day. Why did the serpent pull Eve away? Because if Adam would have been present, possibly, it would have not happened. Because they're united as one. So the, the serpent had to separate Eve from Adam and put the doubt in her. Did God really say what he said? See, the devil has no new tricks. The devil has no new schemes. He uses the same tricks with different facades. It's the same thing, the same plan to divide because he knows that there is power in unity. When Adam ate the fruit that God said, he came and he's like, what happened? What did Adam do? He blamed God and he blamed Eve. He said, well, this woman that you gave me gave me the fruit and what did that what did he do eve blamed the serpent well this serpent came and told me this where there is division there will always be confusion there will always be strife there will always be pain the opposite is when there is unity that's why relationships need to move united not divided relationships are not just having the same goals and same likes but it's having the same common ground and especially in your faith especially in your faith in the book of Amos chapter 3 verse 3 it says can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction now, how many of you have ever been in a relationship that it just didn't work out because this person had their point of view and you had your point of view and it was totally opposite and you just, every time you tried walking together, you just felt like you were pulling each other apart. Raise your hand. Anybody like that here? Yeah, it happens. It happens. It happens. But what are we going to do now in our lives to unify in the areas that we need to unite? And I'm not only talking about your marriage. I'm talking about your family. I'm talking about your church. I'm talking about your job. There is power in unity. Stay with me, church. There is power in unity. Proverbs 29:18 says this. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. What is the meaning of division? Well, the word die means two and vision, well, you know it's vision. When you have division, means that you have two visions. Now, that's hard, leading a relationship with two visions. That's why God says in his word, you shall leave your mother and father and you shall become one. Not two, not have two visions, but one vision. One vision. One of the greatest tragedies in marriage is that when two people are together, but they're not united. One of the greatest tragedies in marriage is that when two people are together in person, but they're not united. I would say the same for any relationship. 
when two people are together but nothing unites them. So what is the mission that unites your marriage? Let me ask those married people here today or online, what is the mission that unites your marriage? Is it me, 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 me? Or is there something bigger than you and your spouse that unites you, that leads you in mission? You might say, Pastor Eric, well, I'm not married. I'm not even, that doesn't apply to me. So, so how does this word work for me? Well, good thing you ask. Many single people today are looking at others to see what their relationship can potentially be with someone. And there's nothing wrong with that. When you look at another relationship and you admire and you, you want to have similar qualities. But let me tell you this. Have you ever looked inside? Because outside we look. We look on Instagram. We see people in our community, people in our family. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when was the last time you took a, an inside look of you? before you engage in a relationship. And if you are in a relationship, when was the last time you looked inside and you asked yourself deep questions? Like, am I living a God-glorifying life? Am I having a Christ-centered life? If you wanna have a God-glorifying life, Christ-centered life, mission-driven relationship or marriage in the future, you need to start living that today not tomorrow because let me tell you something all you single people when you get married things get tougher they don't get easier I always say this and I, and I joke around with my wife all the time when we were single in the sense of dating whenever we finish dinner I'll go and drop her off in her house her parents house and I'll go to mine right can't do that when you're married you can't just drop her off in her parents' house and you go to your house. You can't. But it's not about that only. It's about the fact of what unites you. Are you gonna have are you gonna have what we said last week, intense conversations? Yeah. A lot of intense conversations. But when you are united with a greater purpose, it doesn't matter what you are facing at the moment, there's something that waits you that would help you always overcome. That goes back to your center. What is your center? The issue we face today with relationships is that many people want a copy and paste relationship. They just wanna, oh, I like that, copy, paste. And they don't realize that you can't copy what someone else has or did or is doing into your own life or your own relationships. That doesn't work. You first need to work on you. What does the second greatest commandment? Love thy neighbor as you love yourself. You can't love the person you're in a relationship or want to be in a relationship if you first don't love yourself. You need to work with yourself. You need to work on yourself. And that goes back to taking those deep questions. What is the mission? What is the mission? Say with me, I, first, I must first work on me 
before I can ever work together with someone else in mission. Say that one more time. I must first work on me before I can ever work together with someone else in mission. Let me give you a, a couple pointers, single guys and single girls in the house or online. You want to have a good life, a good relationship. The first thing you need to do is seek Jesus and serve him like crazy. You even say, Pastor Eric, why? Well, for the simple reason that so that your character is built on the right foundation. So your character is built on the right foundation. Secondly, if you like someone, before you jump into a relationship with that person, listen to me. Before you jump into a relationship with someone, get to know them as friends. Even get to know them from far. Look how they hang around with their friends. How does their attitude? But not only just look at them, look at the things that they are interested in. Not the band, not just a band or of color, but look at the things that are interested. Do they align with what you are interested in? You need to think about that because when you unite, you become one. You can't have two visions. You need to have one vision. Now, 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 before you engage, because this is a problem we have within the church of Jesus Christ, we have a lot of Christian missionaries. I call them Christian missionaries. These are the people that they, they're, they're trying to get with someone and then they think that because they get with that person, they're helping that person get closer to God. Wrong. That's the biggest mistake anybody could ever do. You are not God. So stop playing like God. Let that person draw near to God and pray that that person draws near to God before you engage in any relationship because guess what? The greatest relationship that person will have and you will ever have is the relationship with God Almighty. And the last thing I will ever want is to get in the way of someone coming to know Jesus Christ. That's the last thing. I don't want to stumble someone from coming to know Jesus because I want to get with that person. So what is your mission? In marriage, it should be this, that you could serve God together better than you would do apart. That you could serve God better together than you would do apart. The main reason you and I were created was to glorify God Almighty. And the main reason why we are, we are in relationship with one another is to do just that. Glorify God together. That is why God told Abraham, you shall leave your mother and your father and you shall become one. So let me ask you again, for those who are married or those who are considering marriage, what is your mission? If your mission is to be happy, guess what? That is a short-term lived mission. <laughs> I'm not saying marriage does not bring happiness. It does. But it's not happy all the time. Can I get an amen from somebody who's married? Please help me out here. I feel lonely up here. Everybody's quiet. If your mission is kids, guess what? Kids will drive you insane. Kids are good. All the fathers say and all the mothers say amen. Kids are a blessing. But if your mission is to get in a relationship with someone to have kids, you're going to have a horrible mission. Because even though kids are a blessing, you shouldn't base your relationship on your kids or having kids. 
If your mission is to live a luxury lifestyle like this fake Rolex, it basically will end one day. Because money comes and goes. Fame comes and goes. Status comes and goes. Influences comes and goes. That doesn't weight down your relationship. But when your goal or your mission is that together you would serve God better than if you were to serve God apart, now that has weight. Because God is the center. Because Jesus is the center. So I end with this. Let me ask you a couple questions. Where, where are you serving today? Are you serving at all together? It's more than just serving here on a Sunday morning or, or, or in your church. It's more than that because we're called to be the church outside of these four walls 24-7. We're called to serve one another and to love one another. There are two things that unite people. This is everywhere around the world. There are two things that unite people. One, a common enemy. Have you ever noticed that you might not get along with someone at work, but if you have a common enemy, you immediately become buddy buddies to attack that enemy, right? Why? Because you have a common enemy that unites people. Common enemies unite people. But the second thing, common mission. Common mission. So what unites you in your relationships? It shouldn't be a common enemy. It should be a common mission. What is your mission in life? What is your mission in your marriage? You ask yourself these questions. What do you both love? But also, what do you both hate? And I want to speak to this because I, as I was putting this word together yesterday, I felt that God, this was for someone or for a couple people here today, for a couple couples. <laughs> if you love kids, you both love kids, but you both hate seeing many kids that don't have families, consider fostering. Make that your mission. Consider fostering. Be that blessing to a kid that doesn't have a home or is wandering because their own parents are doing horrible things. Well, probably you, you both love being financially free and you hate seeing debt. Then help someone get out of debt. Work towards financial peace. Or, or, or many of you love blessing marriages. You know, you, you love marriage so much and you hate divorce. Well, then become a marriage mentor. A marriage counselor there are people around you in your neighborhood or in your own family they're going through a rough time do something but may it be something that you both love and something you both hate have a common mission probably you're like oh we love cooking and making meals well then and, and I hate seeing people feel lonely go out to the street there are so many people in this city. The other day I was driving and I saw a lady by Starbucks. It broke my heart. I didn't have any cash on me. If not, I would have gotten off and given her cash. Because I hate seeing people on the street begging for money. It's not that I hate seeing them, you know, begging for money. I hate seeing them in the condition that they're in. Because I don't beg for money. I go home. I have a comfy home. I have a comfy bed. 
but they don't. What is your common mission in your life with your spouse, in your life with your, with your, other, your significant other, in your relationships? Or probably you say, man, we, we make good money. We, we make good money and, 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 and we, we live above our means and we hate seeing people live be, beneath their means. Then become generous. Become generous. Be a giver. Be a giver. I hate when someone tells me something, well, what am I going to get out of it? You're not going to get anything out of it. And you shouldn't have that mentality. You should have the mentality of what can I give? How can I give? When can I give? Always having a generous attitude. So let me ask you a question, church. What is your mission? What is your mission? Unity doesn't, make, doesn't mean you are both the same. Unity doesn't mean that you're also both in the same place at the same time. Unity goes beyond that. Since we started Ignite Church, you know, there are times where I have to do something for the church. And, and since we don't have a location, sometimes we have to go here and there. Or, or when people want to have counseling, I have to meet them somewhere. And now with COVID, it's even worse, you know. So my wife, she... She holds down the fort at home. She stays with the kids. She helps me with that. Why? Because we're united with one mission. And it's to extend the kingdom of God. It's to help the needy and, and the hurting. Whether me be speaking to them and she taking care of the kids or vice versa. I have no problem with staying with my kids so my wife could go minister to someone. Because when you are in the same common mission... You don't look at who's greater and who's less. Or what can you get out of it? You are a common mission. You're moving forward because you all both have a common mission. Don't just share an address. Don't just share the same bed. Don't just have sex together. That's not... That doesn't, that doesn't create value. That's not lasting. Start today by having first a Christ-centered life so you can have a Christ-centered marriage and relationships. And also have a mission-driven marriage and mission-driven life. Why are you going to get married? Um, um, that's, that's easy, Pastor Eric. To glorify God. It's not about being happy. It's not about having a luxurious lifestyle. It's not about having kids. It's not about any of that. That's all good. But why would you ever get married for those who are planning to get married? Or, or, or for those who are already in marriage, you can't back up. <laughs> you could only move forward. It's to glorify God. God would you stand to your feet with me today I know this message wasn't probably the one of those messages of giving you the keys to success or, or how to overcome but I think it was needed to talk about the things that we need to do in order to live a fulfilled life And marriage is important to God. We live in a world that doesn't consider marriage anymore. 
It's easier living with someone. Why? Because there's no strings attached. Oh, you're my roommate. I'm your roommate. We'll have sex whenever we want to have sex. Feels good. We go our different ways. It's fine. But a covenant, you know, that requires work. Relationships are dirty. Relationships are messy. And if you just want easy in is easy out, then it's not lasting. But if you want something that lasts, a relationship that lasts, then you need to be a Christ-centered, have a Christ-centered life, Christ-centered relationship. And if you're getting married or are married, have a mission-driven marriage. Together you will achieve more than what you would achieve separate. But always remember, that you were created in whatever relationship you are today to glorify God. I want to pray for you guys. I know that many are going through rough times in their relationships, a lot of questions, and, and some have doubts, and some are trying to figure things out. And, and if, if I could give you, just remind you, or give you the best advices, what is your center? What is your center? What does your life revolve around? If it's things and people, they're going to fail you. But when it's Jesus, when it's God, you might fail him, but he remains constant. He remains faithful. And he will help you navigate those waters. If you're here or, or online and, and you've never given your life to Jesus, and you say, Pastor Eric, I want to have that Christ-centered life. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ died for you and he rose again from the grave, you are saved. Salvation is a gift. It's not something you work for. Salvation was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ on a cross. And you have that free gift available to you today. Jesus himself said, no one goes to the Father except through me. Today, in this day that we celebrate love and Valentine's and friendship, what greater day to open your heart to the love which is above all, the love of God. If that's you today, whether in person or online, I'm going to say a prayer. You could repeat these words with me or you could make them your own. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow's not assured. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says you have this opportunity. You don't have to work for it. It is given already to you. All you have to do is believe and receive the free gift of salvation found in Jesus Christ. If that's you, would you say this prayer with me? Would you say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I open my heart to you. I recognize that I am a sinner in need of you. And only you can forgive my sins. For I believe that you died for me on a cross and rose again from the grave. And so I open my heart to you and I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Help me in this day forth walk with you and live for you all the days of my life. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm going to pray for the rest of us here and those who are online. But if you did that prayer, let us know. 
send us an email or uh, send us a comment or, or send us a direct message online. We just want to pray together with you. We want to encourage you throughout your journey in your walk with God. For those who are here, just lift up your hands. Father God, I pray for everyone present, God. I thank you for their lives, God. You know their hearts. You know what they are facing, God, in their relationships. Lord, whether they be single or married or in a, as a couple dating. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would help us have a Christ-centered life, Lord. That we would strive to seek you and honor you with our lives, God. And then secondly, that we will strive to seek you and honor you with our relationships. That you will be the center of our relationships. For those who are married, God, I pray that you would open up our eyes, Lord, and show us the areas that we need to change, Lord, so that we could have a common mission, God. That together we will move forward in glorifying you through our lives. Lord, that our children will see that, Father God, that our generations to come will be blessed, Lord, because our relationship was weighted on you and not on the things of this world so i pray lord help us live a christ-centered life a mission-driven marriage father god we thank you for this day in jesus name amen at ignite we counted a blessing to engage each week with supporters just like you if you were blessed by today's word subscribe to our podcast and share it with someone you know we believe in spreading the message of jesus like a wildfire Thank you for your support, and be sure to check us out on any of our social media platforms at Church Ignite. Until next time, be blessed, and remember the best is yet to come.